Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Episode 225 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. Football is back. We are back in the swing of things. NFL season, college football, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports wagering info with up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football all at your fingertips. We also have other sports coming up. NHL is right around the corner. NBA right around the corner. And there was a major shakeup if you wanted to bet NBA futures for future championships. Who's going to win the title this year? There's a major news today. We'll get to that in a second. Anyway, head to Bet Online today. Head to the website, use your mobile device, and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV. That's B L E A V, and receive a 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. With that said, episode 225 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. If your metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween. Taliban. Taliban. Yeah, jump in, jump in, jump in, them boys up to something They just spent like two or three weeks out the country Them boys up to something, they just not just bluffing You don't have to call, I hear my dance like Usher, ooh I just found my tempo like on DJ Mustard, ooh I hit that Ginobili with my left hand on like, ooh. Welcome back, welcome back, episode 225 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network with yours truly, ATH. We are back, and we have news, people. We have major news. And for the record, I was planning on recording anyway. We have a guest lined up. We're going to talk a little bit about the New York Knicks and a little bit about his Baltimore Ravens uh, recurring guest. But we've got a woge bomb today, people. Damian Lillard. The trade saga is finally over. He is headed to the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-team deal involving the Portland Trailblazers and the Phoenix Suns. The Portland Trailblazers are getting Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton. The Phoenix Suns are getting Grayson Allen, Yusuf Nurkic, and a couple of picks. The juicy one being the 2029 pick, the first-round pick from the Milwaukee Bucks, which looks like it's going to be a tremendous asset. I have a lot of thoughts on this trade. We're going to talk about it in greater detail later on in this episode, hopefully. But just some quick thoughts. Obviously, when you pair two of the 10 best players in basketball together that complement each other, it's pretty good for the Milwaukee Bucks. And obviously, there was some scuttlebutt about Giannis's if he was going to sign an extension in Milwaukee. Well, Lillard's under contract for another four years. So it looks like Giannis will probably be staying, if I had to venture a guess. He'll probably be staying around for the duration of the Lillard contract at least. So if you're Milwaukee, this is a no-brainer. I actually think the Phoenix Suns did great in this trade too. And as for Portland... They did all right. They did fine. I think they're they're taking a swing on DeAndre Ayton. But again, a couple of quick Jets and Giants thoughts. Obviously, we recorded last week right before the Giants played Thursday Night Football, and it did not go great. The offensive line was abysmal. Got absolutely beat up by the San Francisco 49ers. 30-12. to 
The Giants hung in there, as the score would suggest, but it got away from them late. Daniel Jones did not have a good game. They didn't really give him a chance either. Uh, But I'll say this about the Giants. And again, I don't think any less of the Giants long-term this season after Thursday night's game. The Dallas game was more illuminating to me, but, you know, this was a really tough game. I didn't like them in this spot whatsoever. But I'll say this, and again, I'm a little bit of a Daniel Jones believer. I think he's pretty good. Do I think he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league? I think he could be about 10, but that's the ceiling. But this just goes to show you what I've said multiple, multiple times, and it bears repeating. Unless you are number 15, who happens to play for the Kansas City Chiefs, there's no quarterback in the league that is worth the dollar figures that are being thrown around to the quarterbacks right now. There's only one guy. There's only one guy who should be making that percentage of his team's salary cap because no matter who's on the field with him, he's going to have a very good offense because he's that special. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if the offensive line is great, tip-top, like it does in, say, Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. It doesn't matter when 15 for the Kansas City Chiefs is playing because they're going to be good regardless. He's the only player in the league, the only quarterback in the league, that that is the case. And with the Giants, right now the Giants are paying Daniel Jones $40 million. As much as I like Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones is not worth $40 million. Not in a salary cap sport. He isn't. He's not an elevator in that respect. And you're seeing it right now. Now, are the Giants still paying for the sins of David Gettleman? Yes. Will the cap look better for them next year? Yes. But you also see what happens when Saquon Barkley's not there. The Giants don't win a lot of games. And the Giants chose to franchise tag Saquon. Now again, I think they're going to franchise tag him again if he has a good year. And we're going to go through the whole song and dance again. But a general rule is right now the quarterbacks are completely overvalued in terms of how good they actually are versus the money they're making. And it would behoove the general managers and the owners to flip the script a little bit. Like, again, I said it last summer too. If the Giants wanted to play hardball with Daniel Jones, say go out and get another offer, they should have. And if he gets another offer, great, let him walk, and you just do the whole song and dance again. But again, I'm not off the Giants after losing Thursday night in a short week banged-up team, their best players not on the field, to arguably the best team in the league? No. That's not going to do it for me. I still think this team can win nine games, maybe even ten games. But, it again, it's got to start this week in Seattle. they got to take care of business there. As for the Jets, 15-10 lost to the Patriots, and now lost to the Patriots 15 straight times. And the last couple have involved Cam Newton and Mac Jones. And not MVP year Cam Newton, might I add. I mean, the, the Zach Wilson thing is is abominable. It's absolutely abominable. I mean, 
The Patriots, as I've said multiple times, are an eyesore on offense. They're fucking terrible. Absolutely terrible. The Patriots can only beat about three teams in the league. And the New York Jets are one of them. The the Jets are not going to win more than two more games the rest of the year. And I know Robert Salah's sticking with Zach Wilson. I know that they don't really have a choice. I mean, I know they brought in Trevor Simeon and save me the Colin Kaepernick bullshit. Like, I'm not even going to acknowledge it. They brought in Trevor Simeon, but the other options aren't great either. Like, Carson Wentz is not a great option. Matt Ryan is not a great option. He can't move. All those guys are old, and Wentz hasn't been good in a long time, and he seems to piss a lot of people off in a locker room. But the Zach Wilson thing just, it can't happen. It can't happen anymore. He's not a starting quarterback in the league. And if you want to get on Joe Douglas for trying to revive Zach Wilson with Aaron Rodgers, fine. That's a fair criticism. The fact that Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old and they didn't have a serviceable backup. The fact that Mike White is no longer on the Jets roster. That's a serviceable criticism. I just don't see how, given the Jets roster right now, And what's out there, like, where is it coming from? Where's the QB coming from? It's not coming. It's not coming. Trevor Simeon is not going to take you to nine wins and a potential seven seed. That's not happening. So you're going to have to ride with Zach Wilson. And you're going to go 3-14, and and you'll be in the position to draft a really good quarterback in this year's draft. Even with Aaron Rodgers coming back next year. But... The notion that the season wasn't over the minute that Aaron Rodgers got hurt, which I said last episode, but Jets fans somehow, still, after the Cowboys loss, still held out hope for Zach Wilson. Well, I think that hope is completely gone. At least I should hope it is, because it's it's absurd. It's an eyesore watching him play. It's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. And there's reports that the defense is pissed, that... The defense is really annoyed at Robert Sala for sticking with Zach Wilson this week. Well, I don't think Sala is getting fired at the end of the year, even if they go 3-13, and unless he completely loses the locker room. And continuing to play Zach Wilson and giving Zach Wilson a long leash is one way to lose the locker room. So we may see Trevor Simeon sooner rather than later. I don't really think it's going to matter much in terms of wins and losses for the New York Jets going forward. Anyway, around the NFL, a couple of notes. The Dolphins, I've been praising the Dolphins every week and it's just going to continue because they put up 70 points on the Denver Broncos. 70, 7-0. They're one of four teams to score 70 points in a game. Just absolutely ridiculous. Tua was awesome and they were up by so many points that Mike White came in, threw a touchdown and had a better passer rating than Tua Tungavailoa. I mean, the Dolphins look like a juggernaut on offense. And Tyreek Hill should be the MVP of the league. Because as good as two has been, and he's been great, and as accurate as he is, the things they do with Tyreek Hill moving him in motion, like these throwing lanes, Mike Lombardi said it on the Bill Simmons podcast, the throwing lanes for the Dolphins and for Tua are incredible. They're incredible. The pockets are clean because of the motion. The throwing lanes are wide open, and he's putting it right on, guys. And again, they did this without Jalen Waddle, who's also awesome. 
The Dolphins are frightening. I mean, they go into Buffalo this week. By the way, the Dolphins will be involved in my picks against the spreads. I'm going to say in a second. They go into Buffalo this week, and that's going to be a really tough game. But I don't see a reason why the Dolphins can't win the game. I mean, they almost beat them last year. And this is a well-oiled machine that's better than last year. So shout out to the Dolphins, man. I mean, this has to be the most fun Dolphins team since like 1996. Unbelievable. Another incredible unit is the Cleveland Browns defense. They're like at historic levels right now in terms of giving up, you know, points to opposing teams' offenses. I know they lost to the Steelers, but the Steelers didn't get inside the 20, and they scored on defense with the craziness. Like, the Browns' defense has been next-level good, historically good. And, yeah, they lost Nick Chubb, but the defense has more than made up for it. And Deshaun Watson, outside of his boneheaded backwards pass that was ridiculous— actually showed signs of life on Sunday. So the Browns look like they're rounding into shape and they're going to be heard from. Another team in the AFC North that I'm just, I was out on before the year, and I know they started out 2-0, but then they lost to the lowly Colts without Anthony Richardson, is the Baltimore Ravens. And we're going to talk a little bit more Ravens later on this show, but Lamar Jackson is who I thought he was. He's not that great a passer, and he's sloppy with the ball, and I'm just out. I'm out. Like, I know everybody was talking about Lamar and his contract and how he should be paid and that he was an MVP. I I just don't buy any of it. I don't buy any of it. I'm selling Lamar stock. I'm selling the Ravens stock. Stock I maybe should start to sell, but I'm not going to, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who took a loss, a 20-point loss, 37-17 to at home against the Houston Texans, who, by the way, I said it after week one, with Shai Elberger, recurring guest, we both were in agreement that the Texans were going to be tougher on defense and that they were going to be better than we thought. Well, they put a whooping on my Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, Jacksonville, can we get it together? Can we get it together a little bit? Like, I expected you to win 11, 12 games this year and win your division. It's time to start putting the pedal to the metal, and that's a great segment to the week four picks against the spread we were 3-2 and two last week, another winning week, so let's continue to keep the vibes rolling. My first pick is, well, I'm going back to the well, the Jacksonville Jaguars minus 3 in London against the Atlanta Falcons. I don't trust the Falcons to be able to throw for 200 yards a game. I think they're going to have trouble scoring. Jacksonville is very comfortable playing in London. Atlanta, not so much, so I'm going to take the Jags minus three here. I'm going to take the Houston Texans. Just give the Houston Texans a shout-out. They're plus three at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh's offense is not great. The Texans are tougher on defense, and it's a home underdog. I like home underdogs. Texans plus three is play number two. Play number three, the Miami Dolphins plus three in Buffalo. I think the Dolphins are very live to win in the game. And I'm going to take them with the points here. I actually think they could win outright and should win outright. Number four, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus three at the New Orleans Saints. Derek Carr's banged up. The Saints offense struggles anyway. I'm not sure Jameis Winston's going to help that. I think the Bucs can be frisky. This will be a real test to see how frisky they are. So... 
I'm going to ride with the Bucks here. Tampa plus three. And last but not least, the Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the New York Jets, which on paper before the season looked like it was going to be one of the great games of the year. Well, that went to shit again, four plays into the Jets season. Kansas City minus nine and a half against the Jets. I know the Jets defense is great, but against any great defense, Patrick Mahomes is still getting 21 points. I'm not sure the Jets are going to score 10 points in this game because Kansas City's defense has actually been pretty good. So I like the Chiefs laying the wood even on the road in New York. So again, Kansas City minus 9.5, Tampa plus 3, Miami plus 3, Texans plus 3, Jags minus 3. Those are this week's picks against the spread. Two quick things before we get into our recurring guests later on the show. James Dolan was on record saying that he doesn't necessarily love owning sports teams and that he's bored owning teams. We kind of knew this. It was on record. So here's calling out a friend of the program, Jeff Bezos. I know, big fan of the podcast, Jeff Bezos. One of the three richest men in the world. $12 billion, Jeff. You want to get into sports? $12 billion to James Dolan for the whole kit and caboodle. Rangers, Knicks, Madison Square Garden. $12 billion will get you everything. Just do it already, all right? Cut the check immediately. Shouldn't be too much. And, And last but not least, the New York Yankees are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Cool. Fire everybody. Whatever. Who cares? Those are a couple of thoughts. Again, we're going to talk more about the Knicks, about this Damian Lillard trade, and talk a little bit NFL with Baltimore Ravens with a recurring guest ring. You get to him in just a matter of moments. I teased it in the monologue. We have a recurring guest, none other than he goes by E on Twitter. It's Eric Fleming, Knicks fan, Ravens fan. Eric, NBA season's around the corner. Training camp has basically started. Media day is around the corner. It's time to get into NBA season. And we had some big news today. How's it going? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. And yes, the season is here, isn't it, man? I personally can't wait because from Monday to Tuesday through Thursday right now is basically catch up on HBO Max, go out on a date, make sure you're playing (laughs) the league ball or something because there's nothing on during the week. Baseball, the Yankees stink and are out. So it's done, but NBA season's around the corner, and we were inspired to do this episode because uh, Nick's Twitter and the fan base that that we are a part of, it's an interesting place, and there was a Twitter spaces that got (laughs) off the rails all because the Knicks let go of Trevor Keels, it seems like, who yes. they drafted in the second round, who was never going to play any minutes for them. So I would just like to shout out Knicks Twitter, that we are both kind of a part of, but not really a part of, because we're not, not crazy and for inspiring this episode. I mean, what a wild scene that was. I could not believe what I was hearing. You want to believe it's fake. Almost. Like, is is this real? Like, is this really happening? These are grown adults. Like, what is this? I'm listening to, as you saw what I commented, I was like, this is so weird. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Like you said, we're talking about a team that's probably going to cap out, max out at like a fifth, fourth seed. 
Like they were and, last year. Yeah, and that's and it's it. fine. Like, that's that's where this energy is coming from, man. Like, come on, man. Like, and what? for Trevor Keels, what are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> I didn't even know the kid was still on the roster before. Like last week, if you asked me, yo, bet your life is he on the roster? I wouldn't take that bet. Hey, so what are we talking about? Guess what? what? <laughs> you wouldn't have had to take it in your life because he would have cashed. It would have been fine. Right. Um, so, so yeah, just just a w- wild scene. Sh- shout out to Nick's Twitter. I mean, you guys make me laugh, but you guys are also absurd Big human thing. beings. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be okay, I promise. All right, so we did want to talk about the Knicks a little bit in terms of where they're standing um, when it comes to the Eastern Conference, where they're in the mix, you know, ha- how high we think their ceilings are. But we got to start with the, the big trade today because it kind of has ripple effects for the Knicks in, in a way. But Damian Lillard, finally the saga's over, traded from the Portland Trailblazers, three-team trade. He goes to Milwaukee. Phoenix gets Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, and Grayson Allen. And the Portland Trailblazers get DeAndre Ayton and a couple of picks. What was the first thing that you noticed or the first thing that you thought of when you saw the news? The first thing I thought of, honestly, was where, where where's Drew Holiday going to end up? Oh yeah, I forgot that's, to mention that Drew Holiday to the Blazers is probably going to go somewhere else. Yeah, that's where my mind went. And that uh, secondly, and kind of at the same time, this is to me like the first shoe to drop, like for what I think is going to be a busy couple of days between now and like Monday. Um, this is what people. I think a lot of GMs got some things up their sleeve, but they wanted to see what was going to happen with Dave. First, um, you got Philly. That's wondering, you know, what they got to they got to do something with James Harden now, like for sure. You know, they got Joel Embiid now sitting around there looking like, okay, you know, you guys, like, what are we doing here? You know, everybody's asking out of my team every year, and now I'm sitting back, I'm looking at Milwaukee, getting stronger. Like, what are we doing? Boston might be in the mix for Drew Holiday. You know, Miami, the team that was tied the game the whole time, the entire time, ironically, might end up getting Drew Holiday. Instead of I him, think that's the most likely scenario, by the because way. Because they're going to send him to a contender. Yeah. And the list of contenders that could really be in play for him before the, um, you know, before the season starts, that's it. It's like Miami, Boston, that's pretty much it. I think one of them are going to get him. That was my first thing. Like, okay, so Drew Holiday's gone. They're not going to keep him in Portland. So where is he going? Because he's still a very good player. It's not like this is a scrub we're talking about here. Him on the right team makes a big difference. Him on Miami makes a huge difference. Not as big as Dame. And people may want to make fun of Miami and say, ha-ha, you missed out on Dame. But if they get Drew Holiday, that's an upgrade too, like a massive upgrade. So to me, it was like, man, this is going to mean a lot of stuff, I think, coming up. Um, But obviously, initially, Milwaukee's now the favorites to me clear favorites in the east um and phoenix man well this was i guess a little down the road i kind of look when i look closer what phoenix did they that they added the things everyone was talking about no depth they got depth now you know they got rid of him and got a good player replacing him you know nurkic is a good center man 
So, well, I'm not so sure how good Nurkic is anymore. He's he's been pretty bad defensively for a couple of years. He's but I'll say this: hurt a lot is his biggest problem to yeah. me. Like he's always hurt. But, but I'll say I'll say yeah. this about the Suns. I'll say this about the Suns because I agree with you. Obviously, Dame going to Milwaukee it, is the headliner, and rightfully so. When yeah. you're pairing the two of the ten best players in the league who complement each other very well the offensive ceiling that Milwaukee now has that clearly plagued them a lot in the playoffs because as great as Drew Holiday is, and I love Drew Holiday, you know, he's had some playoff shooting clunkers where last year he shot barely 30% from three. You know, I think he shot under 40% from the field in that series. And I think that team... You know, they won a title in 2021, but it went as far as it can go. And this gives Milwaukee's ceiling a higher ceiling. That's a soft reboot they did right there. And, you know, even his calling card, Drew Drew Holiday, being defense, even that's falling off a bit, you know, a little bit for him. You know, and that was like his real claim to fame. I don't know if it's falling off that much. I mean, Jimmy Butler just went absolutely berserk. And I'm not really sure there was much of anyone who was going to do anything about it. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still, I mean, he's still a, a very good defender. I'm not saying like he fell off, but I'm just saying like that was like his, you know, that's his claim to fame there. That's what his yeah. most valuable um, um, attribute was, and it's taken a little bit of a dip. I mean, which is normal. He's older. I mean, that's just what happens. Dame is a bucket, and that's what they need at times when they run into a team that you know puts that wall defense in front of Giannis and makes other guys like Middleton and Drew dares them to beat them, oh, Dame going to beat them with that. You know, yeah. you try that nonsense now, Dame, Dame's ready for that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how you're supposed to defend this team um, once they get into the groove of things. It's a brilliant move by Milwaukee on a number of levels. Giannis wisely started to chirp a little bit a couple of weeks ago about his future. And I don't, no one should be surprised because this is how they – when they went and got Drew, it was the same thing. They've yep. shown and they're thing. not – they've shown that they – understand the assignment that is keep our superstar happy and cut out everything else they sent off a bunch of people they traded a whole ton to get um drew holiday at the time when people wasn't even that excited about it that was a brilliant move as it turned out and now they didn't bat an eye to send drew holiday holiday off um to portland to get dame and I'm sure even though with all the noise about Dame not wanting to go anywhere but Miami, and I'm sure they probably got like an okay, a thumbs up from like his agent or something beforehand, but still having yeah. the balls to say, look, we're coming after, we're going to get Dame, let's go do it. I love it. I love seeing that stuff, man. When a team, <clears throat> a GM just says, look, man, they give, there's a trophy given to a team every single year, right? You know, the league doesn't wait on you to get yeah. whatever you need to get together. You're going to, they're going to award someone that you a trophy in June. So why not us? We're going to try and see how we can get it. That's it. And the notion that like Dame had his pick where he could only pick Miami. I mean, he has four years left on his contract. Like that's not the way this works. Right. And it's not like he has no trade clause. So I've seen the stuff about Portland doing him dirty. I'm like, uh, they paid him That's ridiculous. He's he's going to a title contender. They paid him all the money the NBA allows you to pay your player. Yeah, Literally. ridiculous. He's never took them to the finals. So it's not like, okay, well, we have a banner because of Dave. You don't. And what did they do? They sent him to a contender. 
Yeah, he's you playing with, the, with arguably the best. Yeah, he's playing with the arguably the best player in the sport who compliments him beautifully. You, yeah, like, I wish what's they the problem here? Bitter, dirty, what? Like, give yeah. me a break. Like, <laughs> yeah, he made, I, yeah, a, he made a great. He made a great in this. Yeah, great. And and Milwaukee needs to fill out a couple of the you know and the they roster will. a little bit, and but they, they will. will. We know we know how this works. Yeah. But back to Phoenix for a second because. Yeah. They were the third team in the deal that kind of made everything work. Yeah. I really like what Phoenix did. Now, again, Nurkic, I don't think is particularly good anymore. But for that team, he's better than DeAndre Ayton. Because DeAndre Ayton was never going to be what they needed him to be. You know, DeAndre Ayton's paid like a guy who wants to be a first or a second, second option. He's trying to prove that. He was never getting those touches on... Yeah. The Suns. So, you know, you, you saw Chris Paul had issues with DeAndre Ayton trying to get him to do the things necessary to winning for that specific team. And he chatted with Chris Paul and he salt all of last year. And I just think it's addition by subtraction. Plus they Absolutely. get off the, and they get off the long term money that his Absolutely. contract is. It's a no brainer for the Suns. Grace Allen, everybody makes fun of because you know Solid he can be but he's a solid role player, shoots well from three, competes on a his team ass with off. a bunch of stars like that, he's going to fit perfect. And I perfect. think this year Little can do the same thing. Absolutely. He's an, he's an athletic body. I don't understand why Portland wasn't playing him more, yes. especially when it was very clear that they weren't going anywhere. Like, I, I'm a high on him. Like, I think the Suns did well here. And as for, for Portland, I mean, listen – Aiton's an asset, but you're gonna he's look young, back. And play it. Yeah, he's, he's younger. He's and young. Yeah, he's like 24, I think, or something. I saw. And he's under contract. Right. And he's under contract. He's got the pedigree of the number one pick. You're gonna look back if you're Portland and and compare this to Miami offer to the Miami offer. And it's not really gonna be fair right now because we don't know what they're gonna get for Drew Holiday. And then you could put it together in totality. But like Portland did okay fine but like the notion that they were going to get all these unprotected first round picks after the rudy nah. gobert disaster like that's nah. never happening again no 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 yeah exactly that's not a it's an outlier move you know um kind of to harken back to like the nfl real quick but just for example foreshadowing i guess like it's like the deshaun watson deal you know with all the lamar jackson drama yeah. early in the year and people had to understand look no, no one's giving out that contract again ever and that rule of the last guy needs to make a dollar, the next guy has to make a dollar more than the last guy, that wasn't going to happen with Deshaun Watson's deal, that 230-something fully guaranteed. All guaranteed. Yeah, it's a nonsensical contract, period. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you couldn't follow that model. And that's the same thing with that Rudy Gobert trade. It's who's doing that again? That was ridiculous. It made no sense then. It doesn't make any sense now. That's just that. I think Portland did very good under normal rules. <clears throat> on how things are typically done. They got a couple of picks. They got a, some nice young players. They're going to use the point guard. They got, they got scooped um, in the draft and try something there with um, him and Aiden. And they're going to get something decent back for, um, <clears throat> for Holiday. Like I yeah. said, suppose they pull the same trade off with Miami and now they add Hero to that. You know what I'm saying? So you got to you got or you know they they said that they didn't even want Hero in the deal. That was the holdup per se because they already have the guard 
Um, he's like a point though, ain't he? School. You no, know, he's he's a good player. I think he's actually become you know a little underrated in all this. But yeah. let's say it's just a pick heavy package with like Nikola Jovic and and whatever for Drew Holiday. I just think they did That's this fine. smarter. That's I fine. think this. I think that I I wouldn't be surprised if they take almost damn damn near the same deal. Miami was offering them for Dave, but this time just take it for Drew. Um, that's what I would do. If I were them, I'll call Pat up right now and say, hey, that deal is it still on the table. You can have Drew Holiday instead. You know? Yeah. And if I'm Pat, I'm taking it. Also, you know, so I, I don't know. They they got, they have, to me, they set themselves up for a lot of options. Um, they, they're in rebuild mode now. So, it, you know, it's just about collecting assets at this yeah. point. You know, so... And they want to see if the kid that they drafted is going to be very good or not, and they'll go from there. Pick a direction, that, that's, man. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's always my thing when we talk about the Knicks. My biggest gripe with them over the last three years is that I don't know what the direction is. Well, and, well, let's let's get to the Knicks right now, right? Yeah. Because obviously, you know, this trade has ripple down effects for the Knicks because the Knicks. You talked about direction it seems like they are finally in a place where they are appealing for the next guy who demands a trade. Now, Dame was never going to be a fit for the Knicks because of (laughs) suspension, and they weren't going to play together, and that's fine. It's totally fine. But we were looking at a guy like Giannis when he was making noise that maybe he'd be the guy. We were all hoping that he would be the guy, right? Right, right. That dream is... uh, is probably been put to rest. But, you know, a guy like Embiid is looking over at Philly being like, James Harden is is out of shape and miserable. You know, he's going to tank our season. Am I going to deal with another season of this crap? Maybe he's the one who demands a trade. Donovan Mitchell, who the Knicks now in retrospect look somewhat smart by not going all in on last year, even though I'm, I'm still in favor of them doing it. Right, right. But now the Knicks are in a position where they do have a direction, right? And the Brunson contract is actually a godsend and maybe one of the best contracts in all of pro sports. But let me ask you this. Do you think Knicks fans are more excited about what the Knicks could be in a pipe dream or are they more excited about the actual team that they have on the roster right now in terms of what they can do next year after making the second round last year? I think it's the first one. I, I think because I think that's pretty much me what too, Leon, the Leon was that. I said me too. I agree. Yeah, it's the first one because I think that's pretty much what Leon has painted since he's been here, which is I'm collecting assets and we're building to get the guy. He's coming. We're in position. That's the kind of that's the terms that's been used. You know, we're in position. We're not making the big um, panic move anymore, which is good. Depending on what we're talking about, who we're talking about is what my end. And I know we we haven't seen eye to eye on the B thing um, because that's always been my. To me, this is again just going. Going back to last year, and I, I kind of hate being that guy, to be honest. But it's because I, I kind of feel like I called it. When I said this, like, on Twitter, I got, like, dragged for it. When when once um, Donovan went to Cleveland, I was like, we're, we're in purgatory now. We're going to be in purgatory. That's what it is. We're going to be a good team. 
never a contender, and we're never going to suck enough to go get like that blue chip franchise player in the draft. We're going to be in purgatory, right in the middle, which to me is hell If in the NBA. You're not great, you're not bad. That's nowhere. You know, it's just selling hope. Um, because what, the way I looked at it, yes, uh, superstars become available often, fairly often. But when they do, it doesn't necessarily mean they're available to you. Correct, yes. You know what I mean? Like, if Luca gets mad if Luca gets mad the Mavericks the next year, that doesn't mean just because the, the Knicks have assets he wants any part to, anything to do with them. You know, like, yeah, it sounds good until he's like, no, I actually love, you know, Miami again. And it's like, I want to go there instead and whatever. You're like, it gets complicated. So when I felt like Donovan was like on a platter, because then all you're going to end up doing is exactly what we've been talking about now for the last six months, which is sending all of those assets, if not more, right, for Embiid, right? Which I'm sorry, to me, is not a better asset. I know he's the reigning MVP. Right, but I'm looking at the context. He's a guy who's pushing 30 at a position that to me is not desirable. It's literally only two of them in the whole entire league that are worth anything him and Jokic. Right, it's a guard driven league, it's a wing driven league. Right, he's injury prone as hell, and he has not led his team past the second round ever. And he's played on some loaded teams that's not going to be more loaded than whatever the next the Knicks will be left with if after they acquire him. And I, to me, yeah, like, I, I actually, do, yeah, right? I actually disagree with you on that though. I I think with I think with Brunson and and some of the guard depth and the wing depth that the Knicks have, and we'll get to what they actually look like on the court next year in a second. But yeah. I actually right. think I mean a lot of players will be gone. A lot of players will be gone in that deal if it happens. And I'm just not sold on Embiid as a guy that changes things for you that much. Not when I've seen some of the teams he's come up short with. I mean, that's just all I have to go on. Um, so that's my opinion on that. And my thing, my biggest problem, though, with it, again, why I brought up Donovan Mitchell is that if you were willing to do that, then why didn't you do it for Donovan last year? A younger player. On well, a that I contract. Like, to me, it just it reveals bullshit on Leon Rose to me. If, if Embiid gets in, everyone, no one's going to say that. They're just going to celebrate and be happy. And Embiid is here, and that's it. But I'm like, okay, we had a better position where we wouldn't have. They could have kept Julius Randle, who, I'm, as you know, I'm not even like a big fan of doing. They could have kept Julius Randle and Donovan, and add Don. I mean, and Jalen, and add Donovan to that. Julius is not going to be a part of that if if Embiid gets here, he's gone. But that that, that to me is fine. Which, like, yeah, I, exactly, I'm not mad yeah, at that. That to either, me is totally but, fine. Like. He can go, Robinson can go, everybody can go except for Jalen. Jalen. Yeah. It it, it just, I just, like I said, I I don't know. You you said you think they are on a, a they have a direction now. I still don't see it. Because I don't, we're, one, I don't believe Maury's going to trade him to the Knicks, Embiid. I just don't see that happening. If they thought like Danny Ainge was, you know, not negotiating in good faith, he'll just wait until Daryl Morey picks up the phone because he's horrible. That's what his MO is. He's going to try and take him for everything, you know, to get – you're trading a guy within the conference, within the division. I, mean, I know it's not a big deal in the NBA, but – so you yeah. can play against him five times a year. Like, he's going to ask for all of it, everything he's got. That's what he's going to tell Leon, everything, and that'll do it. So I don't know if the Knicks are really going to pull that off. 
and what our ceiling would be once you get him. Because let me ask you, because, okay, now that we've seen what happens uh, happened elsewhere, let's say best case scenario, they only they end up just sending off a bunch of picks and they somehow manage to keep, like, a couple of guys. Like, DiVincenzo, he probably would have to stay, you know. And well, he can't be, be, yeah, he can't be right? traded until December 15th anyway. Right. It, are they better than the Bucks with Embiid? Can they I don't that know, but, team but, but but you can but you can sell it. You can you can say <laughs> yeah. realistically that that we're in the mix. Embiid puts you in the mix. You know, as yeah. as flawed as it is, and you know, last year's playoffs was not great. But like he's had monster playoff moments. He's also playing with a guy who's an all-time playoff choke artist. In well, that was last year. That was that was the cop he had last year to blame it on Embiid. I mean, um, Harden, but and it, 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 Harden didn't prove otherwise. He was also yeah. playing with a coach who's led, I think, NBA history in blowing three-one leads. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Embiid's not perfect, but you can't name five guys in the league better than him. Than who? Embiid. Yeah. Five or six. That that's just the reality. Those guys don't grow on trees. But but that's you know. all theoretical. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all theoretical. I, I right. still think with the Knicks, they have their picks. They don't really have bad contracts now that Fournier isn't expiring. Like right. they are finally in a position to do some things. And yes, being in the market that they play in makes a difference, right? So I actually think they're in great position. But that's all theoretical, and I agree with you that Knicks fans are more excited about the, the theoretical idea. than yeah. what is going to transpire on the court next year, and that's not a great place to be if you're a fan because sometimes you just get your hopes up, right? Because sometimes yeah. things don't work out the way you want. But the Knicks on the court, right? They're on the court. Continuity, another year with Brunson who needed all, all, all our expectations. They bring in a guy, Dante DiVincenzo, who we like. I like played that. Well for the Warriors, yeah. played well for the Bucks. won a title with the Bucks. knows how to win. Villanova guy, plays well with Brunson and Hart. We yeah. like all these things, right? Right, absolutely. Even still, I think the conference got better because Miami's going to do something. I, they're ahead of the Knicks. The Celtics, I'm not, you know, Vegas had the Celtics being the the title favorites before today. I never bought that for a second, but they're going to be in the mix. Milwaukee's obviously going to be in the mix. Uh, I think Cleveland's going to be in the mix next year. Um, Cleveland but, did well in the postseason, too. Nobody's, I mean, in the offseason, nobody's talking about it. Like, picking up Yeah, bringing Matt Bruce and... A very and good thing. They did, yeah. I, and I also think that the bottom of the Eastern Conference got better. Like Indiana, Indiana who mm-hmm. picked up our guy Obi Toppin for 10 cents on Nothing. the dollar. They were really good before Tyrese Halliburton got hurt, right? Yeah. So where do we where do we think the Knicks are going to fit in this new look Eastern Conference? What do you think? I think the cap is I think their cap is going to be fifth fourth seed again to exactly what they were last year. I think if everyone yeah, just now I can hear you. Just repeat what you just said. Oh, okay. Um, I think um, they're right in the they're 
peak is going to be what they did last year. I think if everything goes well, fourth, fifth seed, if everything goes well with them, okay, RJ improves a little bit more. Randall stays right on the same place he's at, you know, continuity, like you said. They just play better as a team. That, to me, still is fourth seed, fifth seed at best. I also could see them bottling out, bottom just falling way off, way off quickly. People forget. Like, they were, like, middling around 500, hovering around 500 until they made that Josh Hart trade in February. Right. right, they they were barely in the the playoffs. They were they were a um, um, play in team until that trade happened, and that sparked something. And they went on a nice little run at one point and got themselves settled in and hired. They, like you said, the entire conference got better, man. You know, they, they they're gonna. There's no who are they gonna walk over in the who's an easy win, and now people are gonna recognize them as a good team. Uh, as well, coming into this season, it's not going to be. They're not going to be taken lightly. Like you know, what I'm saying teams are going to respect them. That's going to make it t- tougher, you know. So, um, I think they're going to sit like right the lower half of the playoff teams, like a right seventh, sixth seed, somewhere around there, is what I think they should realistically um, expect here. What we should realistically expect here is what because I just don't see the upgrade. The best thing they have going for them is the continuity, like you said to me. Having the year, keep it, staying, remaining more or less the same, same coach, same everything, and coming in this year again, I, that's a plus. And I think that's an underrated um, attribute for any team, staying together like that. Yeah. Um, but you still got to have talent, man. You still have to upgrade the talent. And players have to excel. A lot of players on this roster need to excel what they were last year, in particular, like R.J. Barrett is really who I'm talking about there, who I, I just, I feel like just that's, I, I'm all but giving up on that happening because I just think it's a bad fit for between him and Randall in particular. I just don't think they fit on the court. It's nobody's fault. It's just they don't comp, like we just, like what we just said about the Bucks. the best thing about that Dame acquisition is they complement each other per- perfectly. Randall and RJ's game don't complement each other at all. So it's it, it's I don't know. And RJ being the younger player that's still trying to figure things out is going to stunt what he can do. So I don't know. I just don't see. My expectations are very low. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm not like super. You're surprised. you're you're a distressed Knicks fan. Listen, we're a tortured breed. I mean, it's. I don't need to replay what we heard in that Twitter space. Right. You know, we're tortured, right? Like right, it is right. what it is. Um, I haven't done a real, you know, deep dive on the Eastern Conference now. I, I kind of have to now that uh, basketball season's getting in the swing of things. It's been a lot of NFL right now, but the conference got better top to bottom, and I, I think they'll be around. They won forty-seven games last year. I mean, I think yeah. they're like a forty-four, forty-five win team. I think they yeah. could be a six seed, but yeah. it's they do. It, it's just the Randall thing that ultimately is going to hold them back because he's just the empty calories poster child. It's just not going to happen. And that's why the the team is in prime position for a consolidation trade. And eventually you're just going to have to make a move and go in on somebody and deal with the consequences. They remind me as if I could do a comparison NFL wise to the Vikings. 
from last year to this year. The Vikings won a ton of games. I think they won. They had some weird record. games. They, yeah, they they had some crazy record where they had the most like three point wins or something, or come from behind wins or some crap like that. I think they won and, eleven get eleven one score games last yeah, year. Yeah, something like that. But you cannot convince yourself that if you're trying to tell yourself that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback that is could be your best player and your quarterback to lead you to a Super Bowl, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. It's a fraud. The whole thing is a fugazi. The record sounds great, all that crap, but it's not real. And then you see them do little to nothing this offseason. They've started this season. They haven't won a game yet going into week four. Like, that doesn't surprise me, you know, because Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, and your team is not good enough everywhere else for Kirk Cousins to be your quarterback, your starting quarterback. And the Knicks are not good enough as a roster to be walking around calling Julius Randle their best player. Well, he I should don't not think be their, I think, Bru- I think Brunson is. Yeah, Bru- I do too, but you know, you know, there's like half of the Knicks population would argue that to death. He's the one with the two All-NBAs and the All-Star team, blah, 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 blah. Right? Um, and just and talent-wise, I mean, there's a real argument to be made that he is the most talented player on the roster. That's not a good thing if you're trying to, <laughs> if you're trying to win a title. He should not be your best player. He can't be your best player. He needs to be your third best player if you're trying to win a title. Like, people don't understand. Like, Aaron Gordon put up similar numbers to him in certain spots when he was in Orlando. Right? I live here in Orlando, and I saw it. Like, people had the same drama with Aaron Gordon. Like, they want to make him the star, and he's not that. He's not as talented as, as Julius Randle, but that's what they tried to do, too, until they got the picture, and they shipped him off. Hit the reset button there and that, and you saw him look perfect as a third, fourth guy in Denver next to real stars. You yeah. know, so that's why I think, as long like you said, as long as Julius Randle is still, as long as they're still trying to sell this thing that Julius Randle can lead them to something, they're not going anywhere. Anywhere, and Jalen Brunson is a great player. I don't think he's a superstar, but he is Correct. a star. He is a star player and. You put him again next to a superstar player, yes, I think you could be in really good shape. But, um, yeah, I, I just think they're, they're capped out. They're capped yeah. out. You know, this, this, this roster can't go any further than what they did last year, which is the second round. Apparently. I that's like it. The, uh, the Kirk Cousins-Julius Randall comp. I think that's fantastic. I'm with okay. you, uh, obviously. The problem with Randall is that even if they brought somebody else in, like, and they wanted Randall, and if Randall was still on the roster, right, and that yeah. Randall would be the third option, like, Randall's best is him dominating the ball, and Randall's best is bad for the rest of the team, right? Yeah. It's bad for the growth of the team. So His strength is a weakness for the yeah. team. Yeah, I'm not sure he's capable of being a third option, so I think the Knicks should trade, have to get rid of Randall immediately. I think he's the anchor that holds the team down. Let me ask you this. Who's the one guy on the roster that you're most interested in this year, that you want to see what happens with them? It's RJ again. RJ, man. He's such no, so an enigma. Know, we, we differ on, on this, but... RJ's a good answer. What? Why is RJ the guy? Because he's an you? enigma to me. Like I just, I, I'm like, it, <laughs> he's like, what? Is, what can he 
play the role of the you know stand in the corner, catch and shoot, be a great defender. Can he do that ever and just fit on this roster next? Which that again play off of Julius Randle basically and and Jalen Brunson, and he's so young, you know, and came in with such high expectations and has been so average across the board on in every aspect. I mean, there's nothing he's like great at. I anything. agree. There's nothing agree. he's great at. Um, so it, I've just always, the last, every year he's been in the league. That's always where I find myself when I ask myself that question, like, who do I want to see? I'm always curious to see what he comes into the season with. Is he going to look any different? Is his, you know, is he body wise, like literally physically, is he going to get bigger and stronger looking? Is he going to lose weight? Is he going to add something to his game that's going to show some, you know, like this now can be an X factor for the team. Cause that's the only way I can see this working with the roster as is if he came in with something different, right? That would be a, a, a game changer for them. You know, if he came in and he made a jump in some direction or something, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's him because everyone else, I think I, I what my expectations are, is going to be, I don't expect anything different from anyone else. The DiVincenzo thing I don't know. I'm curious, I guess, to see where they play him and how the minutes distribution is going to work between him, Hart, um, and Grimes, which are all basically, to me, kind of the same players. You know, so what is that lineup going to look like? Or like, I'm I'm curious about that as a whole, how he, how Tibbs is going to work all that in, who doesn't like this, having a very long rotation in the first place. Yeah. Um I, I'm just curious to see what that works out. What happens any, with IQ? Let me, hold on one second. Let me ask you this about RJ. Did anything over the summer playing in FIBA yeah. uh, with him and mm-hmm. Team Canada, did that was that encouraging to you? Did did you like what you see? Do you think some of that can, you know, translate this season? It just reminded me that he plays better without someone Julius Randle on the floor. <laughs> That's what it showed me. When the floor is open, he said it in a quote too. When they interviewed him, something he was like, "The paint is open" or something like that. You know, that was a pretty when, damning quote, wasn't it? It was. I don't even know if he intended for that to be, but for those who were paying attention, <laughs> you know, so I, that's what it showed me. They see this kid is on the right, has the right roster around him. We'll talk about him a little differently, you know. But um, that's what it showed me. He has it. I just don't know if any of that can translate to this roster here that he's on. I just, and I don't think it can because it's simply not built that way. And I don't think that he has really any above average skills. No, right. That you now, can't he, pull now back. Like, yeah. yeah. Now, he's a gamer. I'll give him that. He's a gamer. He works hard, but he, he doesn't have any pop in any aspect of his right. game, which is ultimately why I think he's just – He's just the guy. Yeah, yeah. To me, the guy that I am most intrigued about is Quentin Grimes. Uh, Yeah. Because Quentin Grimes, if you look at his profile, has elite skills. Yeah. He's an elite three-point shooter. If you look at the actual tape, his ball handling is very good. He's excellent at attacking closeouts, and he has good vision. And if you go back to him as a high school recruit, you go back to him in college, and you see what he can do off the dribble, there's pop there, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Elite-level stuff. 
And the problem is, and this is my biggest problem, is that the Knicks don't know what they have here. Or, even worse, because of where he was drafted, they're not going to give him the opportunities he deserves and that his talent deserves because of his draft profile. Yeah. And I think that they are honestly wasting what they could have found to be a gem in the late first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's my Quentin Grimes take. I honestly think Quentin Grimes has the potential to be the second best player on the team right now if he was given the usage and opportunity of Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. And that's frustrating to me as a fan. It's not. I'm not mad at that at all, honestly. You see it. Like you said, you, you, you see it. If you just use the as this, you know, the eye test. When you watch him, and I mean, I know he he saw he dealt with some injuries and crap last season, but um, yeah, the shooting is there. You can tell that's just a natural ability he has as a as a as a sniper. Uh, and it would be more consistent. Like he shot thirty eight percent. It would be yeah. more consistent if he got more touches. Right. Yeah. Run plays for him. You know. What I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they will. But again, they brought in another guard. <laughs> who does who does like the same shit you know what i'm saying we are um, in different gents, so you know what i'm saying so uh, a shooter who plays hard defense etc it's i don't know what they're gonna do there that's why i said my frustrations always lie with leon rose and what their plans are because nothing to me makes i don't have to agree with the direction you're going at all i don't care like that's what it defines but i need to be show me what the direction is right you want you know it defined. I mean? Period. Yeah, that's it. Just define to me what we're doing here, and I'll buy into it. And that's so it. we both. So we both think the Knicks will be around a five six seed, four five okay. six, win about forty five forty six games. We're, we're that's exactly. Games. I got him pegged. I'll say about forty five wins on a season, about a fifth seed, fifth six seed, and then depending on who they draw in that first round, I mean, they maybe can get to the second. But again, the East is going to be loaded. The East. Well, is, so a team like the Magic is going to play. Is going to make a fight yes. to play in. Yes, the magic is going to be. They're going to be very good. Very, they're not very good. They're going to be much improved. Not very, yeah, but they're going to be much improved. I would not be surprised if the magic is a playing team next season. I would I not expect them to be from from one of the worst records in the league. I, didn't they have like the second best record from the All Star break or some crap like that? I think something so, like that. They were yeah. like a five hundred team for like a, like a two and a half month yeah. stretch. They're, the East is going to be loaded. It's not. It's going to be a very hard to get out and to get a decent seating um, out East this year. And like like you put it, the teams at the bottom. That's the thing. The teams at the bottom last year are. The, they've gotten better. So, yeah, that's what my expectations are there, man. On the Knicks. Let not me uh, let me let me switch gears and we'll get you out on this. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens. You were very high on this team. Very yes. high on this team. You're flying high, waving the Lamar pom-poms. Um, and then <laughs> it, it came kind of crashing down to earth a little bit on Sunday, playing a, uh, uh. a Gardner Minshew-led Colts team. Uh, Eight-and-a-half-point favorites <laughs> losing outright. Where are you at with the Ravens right now? Man, they're just banged up, man. The injuries, it's hard when you got, what was it, I think nine starters out on inju- um, injured. And... The way I looked at that game, it's, it was glass half full. You again down nine starters, and you lose in overtime by three after a historical performance by their the other team's kicker. Like I, I can live with that in week three. I'm fine with that. 
they just got to be healthy, man. I, I think that's their own. I think they're the most complete team in the AFC, not named the Dolphins, um, from top to bottom. I do. Well, not anymore. Not since they lost J.K. Without J.K., the running back room is a problem now. Again, they need to address that. But every other position, I don't see a spot that's like, man, they they got nothing there. They just have to be healthy. That's their biggest problem. Their best players all have histories with health, with injuries, and that that's a problem. Their middle linebacker, Roquan, their cornerbacks, Humphrey, safety. They they got they're good at every position. They just need to stay healthy. That's it. Zay Flowers has come out as a rookie and has looked great right up, right up, right from the jump. He's very good. He looks like he's very good. They just need to stay healthy, man. And I'd rather get the injuries early than get them late. Um, So I'm hoping that he just stay healthy enough to be um, have their winning record towards the end of the season and be 100 percent healthy in December. Um, And that 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 works for me. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not phased, man. I'm good with what happened Sunday. We're fine. I oh, ultimately fine. think they're an eight and nine football team. That's they miss, crazy. They, they miss <laughs> the playoffs. The defense is not good, uh, and I think I just think Lamar's too sloppy. He's too sloppy with the he ball. He does need to get. He does need to clean that up. His biggest strength sometimes is his weakness, which he's a little bit of hero ball. I can get out of anything, and then sometimes you just need to throw it away, you know, um, and that gets him in trouble sometimes. But I live with that. I live with that, man. Nah, they're ten wins minimum. Ten, ten wins, wins minimum. We're minimum. gonna we're we're gonna have to make a uh, a friendly yeah. wager yeah, offline I'm... on this because uh, I, I'm selling whatever stock you're buying. E, this was I know it's late, but I appreciate your time, man, yeah. and uh, thanks for doing it again. It, it's always fun, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks again. No doubt, man. I appreciate you having me on. You have a good one. Later. Thanks again to my guy, E. Eric Fleming, for coming back on to talk a little bit about the Dame Lillard trade, a little bit about the Knicks, his thoughts on the Ravens. Good stuff from him, as always. That's episode 225 for the love of the game. Take us out, Drake, in the future. have on me now, I'm going you like, what? number nine, number five, but you got them both. Jump in, jump in, jump in, them boys up to something. They just spent like two or three weeks out the country. Them boys up to something, they just not just bluffing. Jumpin', 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 them boys up to something. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.